and welcome back to a little bit of Synergy. I am your host, Tony T, and tonight I am joined by my good friend from 15 or 20 years back, Bo Bridges. At least, 15, at least 15 or 20 years, my goodness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you been, my friend? Man, I've been really good. I uh, I went back. You told me about your podcast, and I, I went back and I started listening to some of it. And I remembered that you told me about Annie Hardy. Mm-hmm. And I went and I was listening to some of her music. And she does this like little mini stream thing on YouTube. Some of them are pretty funny. Like when she's driving, when she's just oh, yeah. driving around and stuff, it's pretty funny. And car. She goes on like little rants and stuff. Oh, she's it's... a trip. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's funny. I keep up with her. I, she's just another one I met from. Uh, uh, I just I literally slid up in her DM one day. <laughs> I said, Annie, I want to be your friend. I think you're cool. Right on. Just like that, and she's like, Okay. And like, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Please don't stalk me. <laughs> mm. So what have you been doing? What did you do today? Did you go to work? Yep. Yes, nice. sir. Nice. Do you work long days? Uh, I work from um, right now. I'm in training, so I'm working uh, ten in the morning till seven at night. Oh wow, that's yeah. a pretty long shift. Yeah, but usually my shifts are uh, three to eleven p.m. Oh well, that's that's not bad. That's that swing shift, though. Do you do you uh, miss a lot of family time because of that? Well. You know what I found? I miss a lot more sleep than family time, just because. Oh. Just because I, I, the older I get, I don't really require near as much of it as I used to. God, same. Yeah. Same, dude. I uh, was working mids. Like right now, I'm working day shift, but I was mm-hmm. working mids, and I go in at, at ten o'clock at night, and I get off at eight o'clock in the morning, and so, I go in like right after it gets dark, and I get off when it's already light outside. So. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I feel like a zombie like most of the time. But if I get like five hours of sleep, I'm usually pretty good. Same. Same. <laughs> I mean, a lot of nights, like tonight, I'll probably be up, you know, working out, editing this. And it's, it takes a little while to get these, you know, ready for or produced. And, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. Not that long. I, I, I plan ahead. Yeah. Um, like I've already got the music set up for this. And um, I do all the music. Everything, right. Anything you hear is something I've done. Um, with a few exceptions of where I borrowed, or, or another guy that's been on the podcast is also a musician. And, and uh, I've got a couple of his cuts on a couple of episodes that we were on. Dave, that's pretty cool. Shout out David Garrett. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he's actually more of an arranger, composer. More Really? Of, yeah. Yeah, he, he actually... He wrote his own um, symphony back. What? Yes. People still do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He did it just to do it, you know? Dude, that's super awesome. Mm -hmm. So how long does this symphony – have you listened to the symphony? I haven't heard it. Um, I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to get him to to unearth it it, wherever he's got it. And I I would like to hear it because he wrote it. He wrote it sound unheard. I guess you'd say he composed it on a guitar. Okay. And that that was his primary instrument for for you know figuring out all of his his scenes and everything. And How many uh, parts is it? Do you know? I he, knowing this guy probably about sixteen or twenty. 
Oh my gosh. Like yeah. strings and, and winds and yeah. all that stuff. Brass and you name it. That's yeah. nuts. So I've, I've gotten into some of that though. Um, I, I do a good bit of home recording and, and I've gotten into that lately pretty heavy. Really? Mm -hmm. Do you have like a, your own like home studio setup type thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's emerging. Um, you know, right now it's, it's just like, it was my son's bedroom. Now it's my office slash oh, okay. studio. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, it's, I've got a couple of computers in here and, and a, a MIDI controller. And right now that's, that's, that's all I got, but it's really oh, all okay. I need because the processing power, it's all on, it's all on these computers. Right. Yeah. Dude, that's pretty cool. Like I've, I've, I've tried my hand at making some music. Uh, I have a YouTube channel and it's all mm. working on cars with a buddy of mine and we've been doing it for about three years. It's not huge, but we have fun doing it. Yeah. And, um, so I tried to make some music for the videos that we were making and it is not as easy as I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. I thought like I would download like a little, like a, a, a beat looper or something like yeah. that and then throw some, throw some, uh, some key keyboard in it and then whatever. And I was like, my goodness, like it took me like an hour and I made like 30 seconds of music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. That was difficult. That's right. And um, it didn't even sound that good. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time I get lucky. I, I do get lucky, man. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm glad I had the record button pressed because yeah. And then I can go back and cut it out and say, oof, yeah, gold. Because I got so lucky. My um, the theme song to this podcast, the intro and the and the outro is it's a song I called it's called Bad News. Okay. And and I literally wrote it. Um, I. I just, my son got me this synthesizer, this MIDI controller for Christmas, this past Christmas. So that tells you how long I've been doing this. I've yeah. played piano in the past, but uh, never full-time. Like, that's my full-time instrument right now. Yeah. And um, and it's more synthesis than it is piano. Because yeah. when, I, when I get on, when I play just the piano, I, I, I sound kind of shitty. <laughs> you sound like, like a sixth grader playing the piano. I kind of do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm working on it, you know, but that but you can tell when I'm practicing because I'm on a piano and I'm like, okay, this is where it, everything just kind of gets filtered down, and you you can see that you're not that great. Yeah. The, compu the computers help a lot, you know. AI fills in with this and that, but I got it. I just I was I was just jamming along, and I I'd probably been doing it for about not quite a month and I had my drums going in the background and six, eight time. Yeah. And, and I just, I just struck this crazy F <laughs> F type chord and just started doing, I did the right thing with the right preset at the right time. I had it recorded and, and, and it just stuck. So that's the theme. Nice. Well, thank goodness for, you know, synthesizers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thank, thank goodness for computers. <laughs> Hell yeah. They, they take a different, it's a different style of playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, you have to learn the, uh, the, the idiosyncrasies of these things. Oh yeah, certainly. Certainly. I mean, you know, experience is what it's all about, right? Like yeah. you, you, you're terrible at something until you get experience and then you're kind of okay at it. You're like journeyman kind of, yeah. and then you become an expert eventually. 
Yeah. But then the thing is, is like when you become an expert, you realize how much you still don't know, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. You're, so just, you're just fast at the easy stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> Man, you were, you, you're, you're like a, like a Patriot missile with your direction, man. I like that about you. You stuck with, you stuck with this drift thing, didn't you? Yeah, I really did. I really did. I, uh, I started drifting back in like 99 or 2000 Mm -hmm. and I I got my first, I was really into it when the, when in the infancy of the, of the, of the worldwide web, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, there were like a couple of like drift web pages out there. I really got into it. And then I finally got my drift car and, the first time I went out, I went out with friends, and I think that's a big part of it. Like, I went out, and I associate drifting with, like, being with my friends and having just a ton of fun. And so that really made an impression on me. And so that's that's what all I want to do, like, yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It, it's, it looks fun. I mean, you, it, you make it look fun. You're... <clears throat> I mean... I, I took a course in college. We, we both went to Montevallo. Did you, yeah. Did you take uh, high-performance driving out there? No, I took all music at Montevallo. Seriously? Yeah. No way. Yeah, were, dude. I, I was a music major when I started. I was a voice major. Uh-huh. And they're like, they're like, look, your first semester, you've got to dive into it. They're like, here's nine classes. Like, you don't even get credit for this one class, but you just have to take it. It's like it was the recital class where you get up and sing in front of the music department. Mm. Talk about nervous. Oh, my gosh. Dang. Yeah. Dang. No, I didn't know that about you. Wow. Yeah. So, I wanted to be a music major, but I was discouraged by my choir master. He, he told me straight up. I mean, I was, I was in his choir for three and a half years, gold medal, chambers chorus. Um, he, he thought I was good enough to keep me right front and center as a baritone. Yeah. You know, so I was obviously I could hold a tune. And I told him <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to be a, a music major, you know, because I like guitar, and yeah. I and I played guitar. I played pretty well at the time, and I got I got to a point where I played really well. Nice. But, but that's been a while. Yeah. But I plan to pick it back up as soon as I can afford it. Anywho, well, good. anywho, um, he was like, most people don't succeed as music majors if they don't have uh, really good keying skills. Yeah. And he just dis- discouraged me just like that. Boom. Dang. Like, oh, so what's the next hardest thing? Chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. But it's it's kind of the same. Like you have to have like if you want to major in something and you want to be happy with it, like while you're doing your major, like you have to have some talent, some sort of aptitude toward that, whether mm-hmm. it's math or chemistry or music or you know underwater basket weaving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um, but I, I I don't know, man. I think I probably would have enjoyed it more at Montevallo, especially as being an arts college. You know. How much how much singing did you do at Montebello? None. Or how much singing did you do at what John, is that? High John Carroll. Yeah. Oh, John. You went to John Carroll? Yes, sir. I didn't know that. My goodness. Like the first girl I dated at Montevallo was from John Carroll. Who? Like, her name was Lisa Smaha. 
she was yeah um, what do you mean yeah like you I'm, know her of course i know her yeah she was an alpha gam she was an alpha gam yeah, yeah. her her brother <laughs> her brother michael was in my grade. yeah michael mm-hmm. god what a good dude michael oh yeah yeah good dude well, they had a big family, so somebody was bound to somebody was bound to know them, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, they're Lebanese and Italian. Come on. Yeah, right. Oh no, they were they're good people. I remember that about them. I, yeah. I, they probably, if they're still part of that Lebanese community, they probably live over there by my brother, or they have family that lives over by my brother in uh, Southside. Um, I think they live off of most of them, most of them live off two eighty. Oh, like kind of, um, my goodness, I'm so unfamiliar with 280 these days. Same, same. <laughs> I live in Arizona. So oh, okay. Oh. That, see? Oh, that's why you're on, you're on Pacific time, aren't you? I'm on Arizona time. Like we don't have daylight savings time. Uh-huh. So, so we switch between mountain and Pacific. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. So as, as people go forward and back and stuff like that, we just stay the same. So sometimes I'll be three hours from Eastern time, and sometimes I'll be two hours from Eastern, Eastern mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like that. All right. <laughs> so did, back at Montevallo, man, did you, did you feel like uh, you know, it was a great experience and all, but kind of everything you did there you could have done in like a couple of weekends? Um, everything except like, um, everything except, uh, extracurricular stuff, like all the, all the, all the curricular stuff, like I certainly could have done pretty swiftly, but the, the extracurriculars, like, um, I just, I learned so much through being, and this is going to sound super stupid and cliche and just, oh, so cringy. But like, I learned so much through being in a fraternity. Oh yeah. Just because, and and not so much about the world or how to like get stuff done. Mm-hmm. I just learned about people. You know, like how yeah. shitty people can be, mm-hmm. how good people can be, how fun people can be, just to interact with in general. I was in a fraternity there. I yeah, had a you good were time. a. Hang on, don't tell me you were a pie cap. That's right. Yep. And you were a Delta Chi. I was a Delta Chi. Okay. See, we both had houses. We can say yep. that. Yep, <laughs> we, we were the only two. We were the only two uh, fraternities that had houses. Right. Yep. Uh, I believe since the uh, Pie Caps lost the charter to that, I think they lost the house at least. Yeah. I don't, they may have a, uh, a dorm room or a dorm hall or something. <laughs> yeah, I think the Delta Chi's, they lost theirs at one point too because oh, of man. like hazing, claims of hazing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, it is, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> oh, we did it. I mean, it, yeah. it, they did it to us. We did it to the ones behind us. You know, it was yeah. We it just it. it just depends on how soft the people are that are coming into the fraternity. You uh-huh. know, if you got a bunch, if you got somebody who's a little bit too soft, you know, and you don't recognize that, like they're gonna complain about something. You know. Yeah, especially if you if you uh, if you don't pass them through. You well, know yeah, I mean? of course, yeah, and then they don't realize that like they don't see those as like team building exercises they see it as hazing, you know, yeah. which is like this terrible word that everybody's created about, you know, with fraternities. This is big taboo word, but, or, but, you know, the things that we did were, were team building exercises and it basically took the more senior guys and it gave us a common enemy in them, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it brought us closer together 
And then at the end, the more senior guys were like, you guys made it through. Great job. Y'all are awesome. And like, that was it. That was all you heard of it, you know? Uh -huh. And it was great. Right. We, there was a couple of guys that just were, they, it's like, what were we thinking bidding them, you know? Because they weren't, <laughs> you knew right off, they, they, they weren't going to have the grades. They, they weren't going to bring any, they didn't bring anything to the table except a number. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, we're hard up for numbers. We had, a, like, my, my class was a pledge class of, like, 20, 25, yeah. something like that, which was good for Montevallo. You know? Yeah, it was. It was especially good for Pi Cap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pi Cap was small. Mm-hmm. And it got smaller because uh, yeah. um, we played too much, I think. And uh, the numbers suffered. The people didn't want to. People didn't want to pay their dues. It just didn't. That wasn't just it. There was a lot more to it. Yeah. Um, we let some. We let a few people in that were snakes. And one of them wanted up becoming the archon, um, as the president of the oh, fraternity. Really? Yeah. And, and he destroyed it. He he had such a hard on for me. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, man. He 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 ruined that fraternity. He 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 was a real hater on me. That is absolutely no good. And he was the only one during the uh, the whole initiation during Hell Week and everything, mainly, especially. Uh, where he was, he would always be the contrary voice, you know, when everybody's, you know, we're figuring stuff out and we're like, okay, you know what, guys, we're probably going to live through the night. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'd be that one voice that's going, I can't do this anymore. Let's just give up. Let's just, you know what I mean? Or let's just, let's just come on. Really? Yes. He was horrible. Yeesh. He was ready. He kept failing all the, the mindfuck tests and everything. I'm not going to get into specifics of yeah, oh yeah, the secrets yeah, yeah, of, of eternity, but of you know what I mean? He, this, the stupid st the stuff that was just there to screw with you. He yeah. kept, he kept failing it, you know? It and like, there's okay. a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of that stuff. That's just like, yeah, we're just going to throw this in there just to make sure they're not just fooling around here. Yeah. They didn't just come here to play. Exactly. Which most guys do go to fraternity just to play. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They. I, I guess I kind of thought it was going to help my uh, my whole career, you know. Yeah. Really. I think I did. I think I thought it would it would help. Yeah. I'd have connections, and <laughs> you know, I'd know getting whatever. I mean, that's what they tell you. That's that's kind of how they sell some people. Mm -hmm. They didn't sell me that way. Like, they had parties, like, every Wednesday and Saturday night. You know, it was the Delta Chi house. Everybody right. wanted to go there. So, like, they sold me just by being, like, the friendliest dudes on campus, you know? Right, right. We had a, a bad reputation that we had to overcome going in. When I, when I first got there, the guys had, had a real bad reputation of being – uh, less than gentlemen. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, I helped turn that around as social chairman. I don't mind wearing that badge. I did. I, I dressed up. I got the next good-looking guy, told him to clean up. We put on a suit, and we went and visited these sororities. I was like, hey, ladies, how are y'all? I'm Tony from Pike Kappa Phi, and uh, we're, we're trying to rebuild. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Come. Yeah. 
just come check us out because it's a new a new day and whatnot and things <laughs> things turned around man you know it, people started coming around from all yeah you know um but then then we got sloppy and um and then i don't know all of a sudden there was just a whole bunch of alcoholics and i mean i mean alcoholics i mean that's college though yeah. you know i mean whether you whether you admit it or whether you realize it or whether you even notice it like like lots of people are alcoholics like alcoholic isn't something like hey one day you're alcoholic and you're just an alcoholic forever but like you can be an alcoholic for like six months you can be yeah. an alcoholic for a year you can be an alcoholic for three weeks yeah you know like once you start drinking and you just need that drink every day you know yeah. like and that was a lot of people that i knew in college like they drank to cope with whatever yeah. you know social situations mostly mm-hmm. it's ridiculous I, I drank a lot in college well not just drinking though we were I cap a fry for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. We wasted a lot of, a lot of time. And a and, lot of brain cells. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I had a problem with burnout real bad, especially with the whole semester thing. You know, yeah. it was like, why has it got to be eight, ten, twelve? I, I can't remember how many weeks. It was a bunch. Yeah. You know, it was by the by the time of seventy five, eighty percent through. I got nothing left, you know, yeah. and that that's when I, I would just wake up in the mornings and I, I would feel like, and I probably had, had a few nervous breakdowns in college, you know, where yeah. I just woke up in this cathartic state and I just, uh, it was too much of a, of a, everything, life was just too much at the time to, like you said, to cope with, to accept. And so, um, you know, cause I don't know. It's, get, it's weird how you go through like phases like that. Like sometimes life just seems like too much. Like you've got like five things going on and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like so much. And then sometimes you've got 12 things going on and you're like, man, I'm totally like killing it right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. It's so weird how, how like you're just, your mental attitude just goes up and down and up and down and it fluctuates and sometimes it just well most of the time it just doesn't make sense at all right sometimes you just feel good and sometimes you just don't yeah truth and, and i've felt pretty good lately i'm good yeah all in all i've been pretty good i've been stressed i still stay stressed i'm still kind of like that <laughs> you remember yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just all, always got something i'm gnawing on i got before Ooh. There's always going to be something that's that's just eating away at me. It seems like, but again, um, not depressed these days. Not, dude. That's excellent. Yeah. That is excellent. Because I used to struggle. I used to struggle with that hard. Yeah, man. Yeah, I remember days when you were like super down, man. You were just like, just not there. Yeah. You know, you just weren't you. And I'm just like, man, something's going on. Yeah, well, I, I probably had a drug problem at the time, too, probably. Yeah, yeah possibly. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, too. Full no. disclosure. Right yeah. on. I, I don't know how much you want to disclose on this podcast, so <laughs> um, I don't know if you want to go 100% or what. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just here to, to, to be a sounding board, or you, me, whichever. <laughs> it's all 
it's all good. I put the explicit label on most of these, so nice. You know, nice people know. You know, it's, yeah. Um, my kids don't listen to it, but I hope one day they do, and they, you know, get an idea of. You know, this this was all an idea to. I got to have some kind of legacy somewhere started. Of course, man. You know, of course. You know, and um, I, I'm having such a hard time. Well, actually, not. I'm getting a lot of genealogy reports lately. I'm, okay. And I'm finding out I'm not just Italian. I'm also uh, Welsh. And okay. I know nothing of the Welsh. Nothing. <laughs> well, Wales is that little tiny country over England that nobody knows about, that nobody ever talks about. <laughs> it's just there, you know, like Welsh people. They're kind of like the English English's cousins. <laughs> I mean, they they had to have contributed something. Maybe, maybe, maybe they, uh, maybe they contributed like the aglet or something. You know, the little hard piece on the end of shoelaces. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's what that was called. It's called it. Well, in the movie Cocktail, he called it a flugel binder, but okay. uh, it's called an aglet. <laughs> 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 I learned that from a Phineas and Ferb episode. Oh, that's a cute show. Yeah, it is. That's a, that's a, a show. clever show, yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's it's funny how like writers when they're writing children's movie or children's movies or children's shows or whatever, they're like, you know, I can just write this as a children's show and like six or seven year old kids would just adore it. But you know what? I can put a little bit more effort into it and make it so when their parents are watching it, they can really get a kick out of it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And like like SpongeBob is like that. SpongeBob. Phineas yeah. and Ferb was like that. I was so grateful for stuff like that when my girls were tiny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We we talked about we were talking about that. Um, what we were watching with the kids when they were little. Uh, let's see. Sam, my, my co-host Sam, he uh, uh-huh. he has two daughters also, and they're grown now. But uh, oh, all right. Yeah. He's uh, he was like, well, we watched Veggie Tales and and we watched. Uh, we started talking about movies, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, um, dude. Uh, the Iron Giant. Oh my gosh, the Iron Giant, so good. Yes. Um, didn't want them watching Blues Clues so much. Didn't want them watching the Teletubbies. Didn't, you know? That yeah. It just felt like it was brainless. Sure, sure. I do it. I get that. I had my kids watching the Little Einsteins, which I thought was there hilarious and so good and so mm-hmm. soothing at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I liked uh, Beekman's World and Bill Nye, yep. Science Guy. That's good stuff. Yeah, I liked it. I don't think my kids liked it that much. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, now um, my okay. So your your oldest daughter, she's grown and out of the house. She is. She just turned twenty one back in January, and. Okay. Um, she has been a respiratory therapist in Tucson for, I don't know, two and a half years, wow. two years, two and a half years. And she loves it. Like her mom's in the medical field. So mm-hmm. she just kind of latched onto it. And, you know, being the firstborn, you kind of just point her in a direction and say, hey, do this. And she just goes and destroys it. It's awesome. Well, that, is, that is amazing. Yeah. 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 yeah my, uh, my, old, my oldest boy, Ryan, he just turned um, 21. Nice. Yeah. March what? 
20, uh, 20th, March oh, 20th. Oh, mine's, yeah. mine's the 24th. Your birthday? Yeah, my birthday, yeah. Oh, cool. I, I share a birthday with uh, Steve McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> Bullet. Steve yeah, McQueen. Dude. Right yeah. on, yep. See, I can't remember whose birthday. I share a birthday with somebody famous, too, and I can't remember now. I think Sylvester Stallone. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. man. I'm a big Rocky fan. Yeah. I like Demolition Man a lot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, dude. John Spartan. Silent John Phoenix. Spartan, yes. You've been fined one half credit for a verbal <laughs> morality. <laughs> dude. I'm such a movie guy. I mean, like, I watch movies all the time, and I rewatch movies all the time. So, mm. like, if you name a movie, chances are I know, like, the characters' names and, like, all this other stuff. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm big on stuff like that. I'm you a know, nerd about stuff like that. Uh, like, you, you are about music. Yeah. Well, you can't see all the movie posters my son has in here, but he's got The Deer Hunter. Oh, man. He's That's got, a good one. Yeah, he's got Taxi Driver over there. Oh, Travis Bickle. Yes. So good. He's got Chinatown over here. You taught this kid right. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he's just got a he's got a head for knowledge. He's got a, a head for trivia and pop culture. He's 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 got a good ear. Like he knows all the music I listen to and then some. And that's saying a lot because he's, I, I, you know, I'm a nerd for music, like you just yeah. said. Oh, yeah, I, I, I geek out on this stuff and yeah, get me started. Like your daily playlist is like a hundred songs that I've never heard of in my entire life. <laughs> would probably love, would probably love. But like, you know, I listen to like stuff that my parents grew up like listen to when I was growing up you know I'm, I'm just not very creative when it comes to finding new music to listen to you know what I was listening to today what's that this morning I was listening to Bill Withers oh man and, and Al Jarreau oh those are good my I'm, goodness because I was thinking about you and I was like hell yeah because <laughs> I remember I remember you used to sing that that lovely day song yeah, dude. I remember you used to, because I remember that about you. You used to always sing, like you weren't afraid to sing in front of people. Man, I um, love singing so much. That's cool. That's cool. I don't do it much anymore because I smoke so much, and and I've about ruined my voice. Oh, much. dang. That's no good. Funny, I, sometimes if I'm in church, I can hold a tune still, you know, which is not very often, but to be honest, do you still sound good in the shower? That's what matters. Um, nah. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> nah. <laughs> because if, if, if you can't carry a tune anywhere else, like, you got to be able to carry a tune in the shower. It's yeah. the best place to, to freaking sing. I was talking to my girlfriend about that mm. recently, very recently, and uh, yeah, I was, she, was like, she was like, why do I sound better in the shower? I'm like, because you can hear yourself better. That's that's what it's all about. It's why like singers wear headsets and earpieces and stuff like that so they can hear themselves sing. Yeah. True. Yeah, you've got to be able to hear yourself. Just just like any uh, concert you see, they've got speakers pointing back at the musicians. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. I mean, the best the best like the best illustration for that, I guess, would be like. You've got a deaf person like they can't hear themselves speak. They can't hear themselves sing. They can't. And so they can't. They find it difficult to form words and and carry like, you know, constant tones and whatnot. That's like 
the best illustration that I can think of for not being able to hear yourself sing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. When I was at Montevallo, um, my voice teacher, Dwin Tibbs, amazing dude, and just even more amazing because of this, he had a student with multiple sclerosis. Nope. Not multiple sclerosis, cerebral palsy. Mm. And because he had cerebral palsy, like he couldn't sit still. He couldn't, he found it very hard to control like his breathing and his vocal cords and all that. And he, he had, he had this kid as a voice student. This kid was Larry, Larry something. And I want to say he was an AKL when we were in, uh, when we were at Montevallo. He was an AKL. Okay. Um, they were like the more religious type, uh, the more Christian type fraternity, right? AKL is that, is that what right? they were? They were, I know they were different. I, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't sure what kind of different they were, but that that may well be what it was. But I would see Dewin in in like voice classes with this with this kid, and they would just grind it out and grind it out and grind it out. And when it was time for Larry to sing in front of the the whole music department, mm-hmm. my goodness, like. It was it was like night and day from when he first got there, and everybody was just like there were people crying in the audience. There were people like there was this huge standing ovation for this kid, and it was just like it wasn't like a huge concert or anything. It was just the music department. Everybody knew each other. It was like kind of singing in front of your friends, but mm-hmm. man, everybody like it was such a big deal that like this kid could learn to like sing through that. It was amazing. That is something. Yeah, people people with. I don't. I don't like to say deformities, but with, well, yeah, you know, like, like Freddie Mercury. You know, he had some. It wasn't like a. It's like the opposite of a hair lip, or a yeah. cleft palate. He had an extended palate. And yeah, because yeah. Of, oh, because yeah. of that, he could open that mouth and that jaw like <laughs> a snake. You know, yeah, and, and just. <sighs> he could. He could sing. Yeah, dude, he's 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 on the he's definitely at the top of the list, mm-hmm. a top of my list at least. He should be on the top of everybody's list. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. best singers ever. Definitely, he's well, he, his vocals. If if they if at some point in your life you have not been captivated by Freddie Mercury and Queen, um, you missed something. Yeah, like you don't like music. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I was really into that album, Classic Queen, when I was at Montevallo. Oh, so that. good. Yeah. So good. Who Wants to Live Forever? And um, uh, The Show Must Go On. And, oh, man. So know, good. Those are good songs. So so tell me, like, if you could pick out, like, just five. And I know it's hard to pick, like, favorite favorites. But throw throw out, like, five, like, amazing vocalists that you love that are just, like, end all be all for you. Okay. I know you're not prepared, so here's what I'll do. I'll go first. I wasn't really prepared either, but I brought it up. So I'll go first, and you think about yours. Okay. And then when I'm done, maybe you'll have some ideas. Does that sound fair? Sounds good. Okay. So I got Freddie Mercury. I love Freddie Mercury. You're going to think this is super weird, or maybe you won't. I don't know. Christina Aguilera. Like, I love Christina Aguilera's sound. She sounds amazing. Yeah. She just like belts it out, and I love that. Mm-hmm. The I don't know his name, but the lead singer to The Offspring. Noodles, I think. His oh name. my gosh. Yeah. He's so good. Oh my gosh. Um, 
Chris Cornell. Oh, yeah. And let me think of one more. I wasn't prepared for the one more. Um, fifth one, probably. Oh, Serge Tankian. Okay. Yeah, dude. You like him that much, huh? He's so he's so like technical. You know, he's got like this whole technical style to everything that he does. And I love that. I super love that. Yeah, he does. He he sings in a, a very uh, a lot of syncopation, a lot of uh, a lot. He, he gets a lot of notes in. You know. Oh yeah. And um, his his consonants and his sibilants and everything is just it's it's, it's very processed. And yeah. Look, he, you know, he has to get those words to mesh with the notes that he's pushing through, and they sound like sound like it's coming out of a Gatling gun sometimes. Oh man, and and sometimes he'll like make these just crazy, just terrible noises. Uh-huh. But like in the music, they sound amazing. Like they they match perfect. Like yeah. they're they're exactly what you want them to be for the music that's being played. Hmm. So it's your turn. Okay. Well, I gotta say, um, Maynard, James Keenan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Prince. Oh man, Prince, so good. Um, That's funny because I don't really think of Prince in the term of I, I think of him as being like an excellent performer, a great guitarist, things like that, and just like an all-around musician. But when I think of like vocalists, I usually don't think of Prince. But that's very interesting. That's I've very always, interesting. I've always liked his his nuances and everything. I, I like his. Just like his, his style, yeah. Well, he's definitely somebody that can make some crazy noises with his voice. Yes. Especially in like Darling Nikki. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else? Um, who are the big ones for me? Um, I, Ken Andrews from Failure. I don't know that one. Don't See, know that's, that one. that's a band I haven't heard of. But I'm gonna listen to it when we yeah. get done with this. Do um, I got a thing for his voice and his and it also also all these people are musicians ex- except for Maynard. I don't guess he's a musician. I've seen him beating on some stuff, but I don't. I mean, if if you're a singer, you're a musician. Yeah. If you're, if you're proficient at singing, carrying a tune, and yeah. and being rhythmic, true. you're a musician. No, that's you true. just play a different a different you know woodwind and anybody a, a different wind instrument. Than, you know, that's true. That is true. And, and, you know, we were talking about the guy with cerebral palsy. Yeah. Um, Maynard's like a damn contortionist, what he does with his body in, in order to get some of these uh, 18 and a half bar, you know, screams at a high A just held out for 22 seconds. You know, he has to, he has to do some kind of yoga. Or something. <laughs> yeah, right on. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what it is. But, uh, that ought to fix that. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, well, that. Interesting, you bring it up because I got a, I got a boom mic coming in tomorrow. Right now, I'm, I'm in a headset. 
but I got a oh, new, right on. I got a new one. Dude, a I'm, boom mic would be cool. I mean, if if nothing else, like you'd feel more professional, you know, in your space with a boom mic. Absolutely. <laughs> Which sometimes that's you know that's a big deal. Feeling professional is like half the part, right? Isn't it? It is. It You're totally right. is. I, I, in a lot of ways, being on a, a damn gaming headset, I, I feel like a hack. This is episode yeah. 31, Bo. This is episode 31. Yeah. And um, I'm not doing any more episodes after tonight on a headset if I don't have to. But, <laughs> but we've evolved because we first started out with just the little the little uh, ear pods that come with your yeah, with the iPhone. mic that hangs down, yeah, like on your chest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, we've grown from that to this. So, and hell, we're on Skype now. Dude, you know? that that kind of growth is super important. Super mm-hmm. important. Like me and Ronnie, like with our YouTube channel, like mm-hmm. we started out like shooting on our phones, you know, mm-hmm. and the sound was crappy, and the the picture was okay. I mean, phones are amazing these days. Oh yeah. But it's still. Once we got like a legit like vlogging camera, like mm-hmm. our picture changed immediately. It was so amazing. And then we realized we need a better audio. So we got a little um, shotgun mic to go on it. Okay. And then we eventually got like lapel mics. And there's so much out there that's like relatively inexpensive for people that want to get into like, you know, amateur production. Mm-hmm. And like now we've got like <clears throat> a little gimbal for our camera and lapel mic, Bluetooth lapel mics and People yeah. comment all the time, like, God, the picture's so clear, and we can hear y'all so well. And if I'm right next to the camera and Ronnie's 50 feet away, like, we sound just the same, and it's wow. amazing. Wow. Yeah, and we feel, like, we feel better about shooting mm-hmm. because of that. You know, mm-hmm. it makes us, like, want to shoot. Awesome. Tell me more about what you're doing these days with your, uh, your, your custom work and everything. Um, well, uh, right now I don't, I don't know how custom it is, but like I did a complete swap, uh, motor swap on my arc seven, um, rotary to rotary, uh, went with an early rotary to a later rotary, um, redid everything on it, wired the whole thing. Like it was a pretty big learning experience for me hit touching like every single, um, system on the car, you know, like the ECU, the exhaust, the fuel system, the engine, the, just everything. It was such a big deal. It was such a big learning experience. Um, we're, we're like currently dropping this, this huge dually one ton Chevy square body from like 1984. Mm-hmm. It's this crazy eighties looking vehicle truck and we're putting it on bags so it can like lay on the ground. Okay. And it's just going to be, it's going to be like our tow vehicle for our drift cars and we're swapping we're swapping a Cummins into it, which is like a okay. diesel, a big diesel engine. Yeah. And we pulled a 454 out of it, which weighs like, I don't know, five or 600 pounds. But the Cummins, and I didn't know this, the Cummins dry, and it's only a six cylinder. It's a straight six dry. A Cummins without a transmission weighs 1,100 pounds. That's, okay. that's, that's like half of what my whole RX-7 weighs. Okay. I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. So we actually have to use a tractor with a forklift with forks on the front of it to lift it and get it over to the truck and stuff, which is pretty crazy. That's kind of what we've been working on recently. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty fun. <clears throat> it's, it's, been a, it's been a good deal. Yeah, I see you're not afraid to, 
to crack open a, a bell housing and yank that tranny out. I've seen yeah. that. Um, that's we've I, done a lot at this point. We've done just about everything you can possibly do to a car or truck, mm-hmm. except we haven't made a video about rebuilding a transmission. That's the only thing we haven't done. Well, you oughta. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm serious because you, uh, you definitely take it to the nth degree, you know. I'm trying. Yeah, I, I know where I, my, um, my expertise stops. I always have. I've always known when I'm in over my head, and that's that used to be when I'd call you. <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing about being like in over your head is like it, it, you know, it's, it's your comfort zone, you know, your comfort zone is here. And once you step out of that, you know, you can be a little uneasy until you get to the point where you're back inside it. You know, you might do a little bit extra and then you're kind of back inside your comfort zone. But like when you're in over your head, like your comfort zone gets so big after that, especially if that being in over your head turns out to be like a triumph or a win. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, yeah, I took my engine out and my transmission out and all my suspension out, and I have no idea how I'm going to get it back together. And then, you know, three, four months later, you get it all back together, and it actually runs, it actually cranks and drives, yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I could probably do that again, you know? Uh-huh. And, you know, that's that's where your comfort zone just kind of grows and grows and grows, and that's where we've been, because when we started this, we started with our two little Nissan hard bodies. And we wanted to turbocharge one. We wanted to do an engine build on one. We wanted to do like little suspension mods on one. And then on the other, we wanted to do like a big like four link coilovers up front, like this whole big like 500 horsepower crazy truck. Mm -hmm. And so as we did all that stuff, we just got more and more comfortable. And now when we get, we buy a new project, we're just like, hey, let's just tear it all apart and modify it and then throw it all back together. Yeah. That's awesome. I wish I could do it, man. I wish I could do it. I could barely, I could barely change my spark plugs last time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. See, but see, but you're doing this whole like production thing, which is kind of a big deal, you know. Like you're doing this whole podcast. You're learning about, you know, audio and video and how it, you know, how you negotiate that over the internet and how you get up, you know, reach more people and how you. You know, you went out and talked to Annie Hardy and were like, hey, will you be on my podcast? And she was like, sure. Yeah. You know, you learn how to do all that stuff. And psh, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> that's that's outside of my comfort zone right now. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe that you couldn't pick it up. And I don't believe that you couldn't just walk up to somebody and, and be like that. Because I don't think you've ever met a stranger. Well, I was going back to college. I was freaking Russ chairman for like a year. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe, maybe, maybe being a fraternity did teach me about, about something. (laughs) Yeah, man. And there had to be something that was something permanent that you can pull from that. Yeah. Few years. I got like one buddy. From that whole fraternity that I still keep up with, right? And you know he's a good friend. You know he's he's worth that kind of friend. 
worth having been part of that organization nice. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Roy. Roy. Little I Spencer. uh I don't I don't have any like of my fraternity brothers that I really keep up with anymore. I don't think. Like I'm trying to think about one. Like I've had a bunch, but I don't think there are any that I really keep up with. And what's funny about that is like I went from high school to college with I think a couple of guys that were in my fraternity and we were fairly close then. We're just not close anymore. Really? Yeah, you know, people just kind of drift apart. You yeah. know, now I live I live seventeen hundred miles away from anybody I've I knew yeah. ten years ago. Right. Exactly. You got I remember I, I came looking for you one time in Pleasant Grove. Oh I, yeah? I heard yeah, I heard you you were working down there. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, I went to see y'all and talk to him and they were like they told me I wasn't gonna be able to find you. Oh something, something like that. But they knew you. And this was yeah. this was after Pleasant Grove about got wiped off the map because we used yeah, to live yeah. there. I lived on uh five oh four second terrace. Yeah, yeah. And um when I that was the first time I'd been there since the tornadoes. And I'm talking the big tornadoes, not Yeah. I, I lived through quite a few tornadoes over in that area that, that used to hit um, Minor and uh, Edgewater yeah, yeah. and uh, McDonald's Chapel. They'd always get beat up real bad. Right. What's that other t- Bayview and um, all those other little Warrior River edgy kind of t- the towns that are yeah, yeah. buttoned up against the river there. Yeah. Um, but Pleasant Grove always came out looking fine after the, you know, seemed like. Yeah, but not, not in 2011 they didn't. No. <laughs> it was like late May, right? It's like May 20-something. Yeah. Or April 20-something, something like that. It was in April or May. And then, like, 2011, they were like, that night, like, like over the course of, like, 24 hours, there were, like, 17 tornadoes, like, small and big, you know, various sizes that hit pretty much central to North Alabama and just mm-hmm. tore it up. Yeah. Tore it up. Yeah. It, it was horrible. Yeah. I don't even remember where I was at the time. I, I just knew I was glad I wasn't in Pleasant Grove. So 2011. Yep. I was in Leeds. Oh, okay. Yeah, still. Yeah. I was at my parents' house, not living at my parents' house, but that night, like mm-hmm. that day, I was over visiting my parents. We were having like a barbecue or something, and we saw the weather was horrible. And I got a call on the on the phone, and I was a police officer. Like yeah. your listeners don't know, but I was a police officer in Pleasant Grove. And I got a call on the phone, and they were like, look, we just had a tornado just plow through Pleasant Grove. And Pleasant Grove is about as wide as, as a tornado. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I went there and it was, it was like the middle of the night when I got there, I had to get ready and everything. Mm -hmm. I got there. When I got there, I went straight to the station from the station. I couldn't figure out which way to go. Mm. I didn't recognize anything. There were no roads. Like all the roads were covered by trees and stuff. Uh They were just like, they were like, all we're doing right now is we're trying to account for people, Mm -hmm. you know, because being a small town, like everybody kind of knew everybody. So they're just like, we're just trying to account for all the people, and there are hundreds of people missing right now. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So they were like, take this four-wheeler and go see where you can help. And I was like, okay, I'm gone. And I was like – and I, I had to like 
use my phone to map my way around the city because I could not, I didn't recognize anything. Like yeah. all the trees were just like, they were turned into just, they were turned into toothpicks. Like yeah. everything was stripped off of them and they were just little like stumps sticking out of the ground. It was nuts. It was insane. It was. See, I, remember... I think, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, I remember the, the last real bad blast that had come through there was like, Probably about 96 or 97, maybe. Um, and it, like I was saying, it, it hit everything up towards Adamsville and Wylam, but it didn't hit uh, Pleasant Grove at all. In right. fact, I sat out in, in the thing and did Tai Chi that night because I was, because the weather was so, was so, rough. it was a good night to do Tai Chi. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, didn't. But I walked around that area, in the aftermath of that, and I, I tried to help as many people as I could, and uh, most people were in they were in no state to receive help, you know. Yeah. They they yeah. they couldn't be helped. Yep. They, they were inconsolable, or, or they were they were beyond they weren't. They were there was they were like. Yeah, it was just disbelief. Yeah. Like like what just happened? Like, mm -hmm. what is going on? What do I do? Where do I go? Like talk about being overwhelmed. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, I was showing up and I'd be like, Hey, can I help you? And they're looking at me like, why is this guy asking me? Can I help? Did I offend? You know, kind of like, can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm coming off like a dick probably to you. Yeah. And, and anyway, but I just wanted to help. Dude, me too. That's all I wanted. And I worked like, I worked like eighteen-hour shifts for like two weeks after that. Just like, wow. and the, the terrible thing was, it's like for the first week we were like trying to account for all the people, you know. And we found people in, you know, a decommissioned state basically. Mm -hmm. But after that, like the next week after that, the whole thing was like deterring and catching looters that were coming out. It was wow. horrible. Like people were just like coming from other cities into the, into the city just mm -hmm. to like scrounge for copper and stuff like that. And so we were like, we were locking people up. Like we catch people if they had like wiring or if they had plumbing, like anything with copper in it, in their car, mm -hmm. like it didn't matter who was in their car. Like they're the mom, the dad was going to jail. The kids were going to, to, um, CPS, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like it was a big deal in the, in the, the county, um, the judge that we had come out there was like, look, we're, we're setting a hundred thousand dollar bail on everybody that gets caught looting during mm. this like time of tragedy. We had the yeah. national guard come out and they were like standing on checkpoints on the way into and out of the city, just like not letting anybody in unless they had proof that they lived in Pleasant Grove. Wow. It was crazy. People taking advantage of that. Mm. Mm. No kidding. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. Wow. Well, now we brought the we brought the whole audience down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we brought it down. But hey, are you still doing tai chi? Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, I do. I don't do Sweet. it. I don't do it very. In fact, I haven't. I haven't done it this year. But I, I did it. I was doing it last year. You should get back on that, man. It's yeah. so good for the mind and so good for like, just like 
your balance, you know, mm-hmm. and flexibility. And it's so good as you, as you get older, like flexibility and balance are so important. Yeah. You don't want to fall and break your hip, dude. Oh, no, no. I, <laughs> I still walk like I do. You know what I mean? I've, I've, yeah, got, yeah, I've yeah. got a very peculiar gait, man. I know. Yeah, it. you do. You I do. know I do. <laughs> but it's, but it, it's how I get around. Yeah. You know? And most of the time you're walking, I'm like, what are you doing with your hands? What are you, what are you doing? Oh man. It's, a, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll never really know, but I'm uh, part of it's nerve damage, you know, yeah. part of it, but like nerve damage from what? I, I beat up a lot of boards. I, I, oh, that kind of nerve damage. I, I like pounding on uh, heavy bags for, you know, years. Oh, okay. Um, I I used to I, I put a, a layer of carpet on a two by four and just tonk, 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 pound it over and over and over and over again, just to callous up my knuckles and yeah, dude, hardening, harden the, the bones in my hands and fingers and everything. I've never broken a finger or a hand. Yeah, I broke my wrist once when I was young, but that's the only bone I've ever broken. Um, now I've got a lot of, 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 uh, how do you put it? Reserve type chi built up in me. I still, (laughs) (laughs) it's still, that's a very nice way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. That's a very nice way to put it. But a lot of the shit I'm doing with my hands is Kung Fu. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's pretty awesome. That's super awesome. I've been like over the past, like probably. I don't know, eight months to a year, every once in a while, I'll get my daughter over to the heavy bag and like, she's 13. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not completely outlandish that she might need to know how to throw a punch in high school. You know, yeah, the yeah. mean, the mean girls run up on her and sometimes you got to throw down, dude. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I taught my kids how to, how to handle themselves. And, um, let's see. I know for sure one of them knows how to, how to. the other one. Um, I don't think you want to push him. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do your, do your listeners know that you look like Peter Weller? <laughs> they, do they know you look like RoboCop? <laughs> do they know that? <laughs> Cause you do like, we were on a video call like two or three days ago yeah. and uh, I'm like watching you on video. I'm like, Oh my gosh. He still looks like Peter Weller. That's amazing. <laughs> Except you look better because Peter Weller's like all older now. But you look way better than Peter Weller now. But you still look like a young Peter Weller. Well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, dude. RoboCop. Dead or alive. You're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait. What did I do with my camera the other night? I think I, I, think I may have set something improperly you definitely put something awry because i can't see you <laughs> <laughs> let's check these settings right quick right on it shouldn't be nothing video. so during that uh during that whole tornado time i had a drift car that i didn't live in pleasant grove but i had a drift car that was parked in pleasant grove and mm-hmm. i just like got it like all squared away i got a new like one piece drive shaft for it i got new wheels and new tires for it and i was going to an event like the very next week and so i had it just stored at a buddy's house for like 
two day two days so I could work on it. Well, the tornado came through like one of those nights, uh-huh. and it just wrecked my drift car. Oh man! Shattered all the windows, smashed the roof in and stuff. And I, I called a buddy like the the more the next morning after the tornado after we had while we were like searching around for people and stuff I, I called my buddy Austin I was like Austin can you come and get my car and try to get it ready for the drift event next week and he was like sure I can do that and he came and he was like oh my gosh I don't know if I can do that <laughs> and so he gets in it and he lays down in the back seat puts his feet up on the roof and just starts kicking at it and starts shoving the roof back yeah. up so he could he can drive it back to my house and it didn't have a windshield in it. So he brought his helmet with him and he drove it like with his helmet on back to my house, fixed it and got it ready for the drift event the next week. Oh I was like, God. Oh my gosh, no way. Yep. And so I drove it. What a laugh. I, I drove it to Holly Springs, Mississippi with no windshield. I don't know where that and is. it was just like, it's like three or four hours and I drifted it like all day. And then drove it all the way back with no windshield, no glass, all like busted up and shit. Mm. It was awesome. I just thought I'd tell a little story while you were looking at your settings. <laughs> oh, good story, man. Love, love good stories. I can't fix this tonight. Probably not, without, right. not without a reboot. It's all right. We can Skype some other time. Word. Um. What else has been up, man? What else has been up? Just like work and um, just hanging out with my daughter and hanging out with my girlfriend. And uh, I don't know if you know. I don't know if I told you this. I've been divorced for about five-ish years maybe. How's how's that been? been? It's been fine. It's been completely fine. Like Andrea's super civil. She's super nice. And we're we're on very good terms. Mm. And – I get to see Cannon, my youngest. I get to see her whenever I want, pretty okay. much. I get her on my off days, and we hang out. She watches anime. We watch anime together, and mm-hmm. um, we play video games together. And today we went to the batting cages together. We we have a blast. That's cool. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. But yeah, the divorce has been completely fine. It's been totally fine. That's good because it can be um, it can be miserable, you know. Yeah. It, well, I. I I've definitely heard plenty of stories where they have been less than uh, ideal. Yeah. <laughs> to put it nicely. Yeah. Well, my wife was divorced when I met her, and and a messy divorce at that. You know. How's she doing? Oh, she's good. She's good. good. Yeah, good. yeah. Did she like Florida? She loves Florida. Good. Florida. Good. She was made for Florida. Yeah. yeah. How far are y'all from the coast? An hour in um, both directions. Oh, nice. That's super. That's like perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, an hour from the Gulf Coast, but it's it's more like a marsh um, where it's at, the, the wetlands, you know, where the coast butts up against uh, above Tampa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's they've got some beaches, but it's not it's nothing like the Panhandle. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. We uh, we spent some time this past year. We spent a week up in Panama City with my my oh, folks and my brother, <clears throat> his family. And, that sand uh, is so perfect up there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can say what you want about Panama City, but that place, <laughs> is, 
It's the Redneck like Riviera, it. right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I kept coming back. I tell everybody out here, they're like, oh, I want to go to the beach somewhere. I want to go to the ocean. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm like, go to the Gulf mm -hmm. because no matter what beach you'll ever go to, like – I can't promise you that you'll be satisfied with going to the Pacific or the Atlantic or, you know, in the yeah. Gulf of California or whatever. Uh -huh. But if you go to the, to the Gulf <clears throat> of Mexico, like South of Alabama or South of Florida or East of Texas, you will be so satisfied. You will love the sand. You will love the water. It'll be warm and all this kind of stuff. Right. And there's seafood. I love shrimp. Oh, I it's something. That's, that was one of the things that – one of the pros when we were talking about moving down here. We kind of did this on a whim too, you know? That's the best though. That's so great. <laughs> that it worked because we it says a lot of It says a lot about the youth of your spirit too. Mm. Like if you're if, – if you still have that young spirit, then you can just like make decisions and act on them. Like as soon as you feel like it's a good idea, you're just boom. We're going. We're doing it. Yeah. And that's awesome. We had nothing to lose. You know, we were at, we were at that point. It was like, <laughs> we're not getting any younger. Yeah. And, you know, this, all this around here is just dried up and dead for us. It's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Done with St. Clair County. Done. Done with Leeds and all that. Maybe. Yeah. Done with Pell City. <laughs> and Talladega. And ugh. my goodness. Ugh, those towns right there, they uh, suck. <laughs> God. They're just they're just they're your, you know, they're your typical small towns. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just it. I mean, they're in, in small towns, you typically have a lot of small minds. Yeah. And they're not terribly, they're not like bad minds. You know, they're not malicious. They just don't understand. And I'm not talking about everybody because I hate yeah. to speak in generalities, but, you know, like the majority of people, they just don't understand a lot. They're mm -hmm. not. Want, they're not wanting to get into a lot. They're not wanting to risk a lot. And so they just kind of stay the same and either they stay just boring or they stay racist or they stay, you know, they stay something. They stay small minded, small town minded at least. It's a, my brother pointed it out. There's just like a generalized deficit in a lot of, a lot of people in these, in these, uh, smaller towns he noticed it when he went from he, he was a freshman at john carroll and then he decided to go to pleasant grove his sophomore year and Ooh, he, yeah that's quite a culture shock right there well that's what he said because he yeah. was he was like you know he knew how to he knew how to learn he knew more than the teachers knew yeah and i yeah, he wanted to screw off and everything, but he also wanted to learn. Yeah. You know, because because I don't I don't you've met my brother I think I think you met him once or twice. Um, the Air Force guy. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, I, I have no recollection of that, Your Honor. 
I do. I remember he brought his <laughs> he brought his dog in. Okay. Um. But anyway, um. Yeah. What were we talking about? Frankfurt. Oh, we were talking about small-minded people in small towns, and the and the culture shock between John Carroll and Pleasant Grove. Yeah. Yeah, he graduated with honors from Pleasant Grove with no effort whatsoever. Yeah. He, you know, he played football and, you know, chased skirts the whole time. <laughs> right on. High school stuff. High school stuff, exactly. Yeah. But, but he, he said that the people he went to school with, just there was something categorically missing from them uh, and there, there's not a nice way to put it <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway any way you put it like somebody's gonna feel insulted mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like even if they don't know what it means they're gonna be like i don't know what that means i feel insulted right yeah now. yeah <laughs> well if it applies if the shoe fits folks come on i i completely agree i completely agree the shoe <clears> fits <throat> put it on put it on it's you don't deny it, you know. But but that um, I, I'll never fit in in small towns like that because I always wound up getting eaten alive in all these towns. I would attract people that were just predators, you know. Yeah. And um, dang, I met some characters. <laughs> <laughs> I've, met, I've definitely met some characters out here in the, near the border in Arizona. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. I'll yeah. bet. <laughs> Dang, I bet uh, you've seen some stuff. Yeah. So uh, what's, uh, what's, what's, what's the next 10 years look like for, for Tony Thomas? Next 10 years? Yeah, dude. Um, what do you, you want to do? Um, well, I... Let's see. Ten, damn, I, I don't think I have a ten-year plan. I mean, and it doesn't have to be anything. You can be like, I want to be right here doing this with my family, sitting on my couch, watching my podcast or listening to my podcast, and you know, listen to how stupid Bo sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah, I, hope, I will. I do. I hope that something has evolved. This has evolved into something. You know, and I hope that I'm still in music. And that's continued to grow, for sure. I, I want because I'm hanging on to everything I've got right now with everything I've got because yeah. it's been so long since I've had something to produce anything with, yeah. create with, for that matter. But uh, yeah, ten years. I hope I'm healthy. I hope I'm healthier than right. I am right now. My goodness, you're a little bit older than me, right? What are you, 47, 46? I'll be 47 uh, in July, yeah. Okay, right on. I'm, I'll, I just turned 44. Okay. I knew you were a couple years older than me. Yeah. I can't call you old man yet. I'm a grandfather, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm sure I will be soon. My, uh, my oldest child, she, uh, she likes kids a lot. Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll probably be a grandfather in the next few years, I think. She got somebody? Yeah, she does. She has a boyfriend <clears throat> that is like, 
He's a super good guy. He's like from Kansas, and he's totally Kansas. He's like this super nice, blonde-headed kid that's like he's a Christian, and he's you know super well-mannered, and he's just a nice guy, just a really nice guy, and they like each other a lot. So I don't know. I hope she kind of sticks with that. I hope he kind of sticks with her. <laughs> Although she she tends to make pretty good decisions, although emotional decisions from time to time. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, that's um, that's that's a lady for you. Yeah. Yeah. They balance us out just right. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah. Keep trying to do better. You know. Yeah, man. Yeah. Every time. Same. I mean, every time I every time I look at my girlfriend, I'm just like, gosh, she's so sweet and so nice, and she does so much for me. I want to be like, I want her to look at me like, you know, I don't know, like I'm it. You know what I mean? I got you. So I'm just I'm trying, trying and trying to be nicer and and be more emotionally available and more just available in general. You know? Right. And I, 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 it was years ago that I, I found out, you know, it's crazy that you don't know this when you're young, but, but you find out that, that women and, and kids, they want time. Like they don't want anything else. They don't want your money. They don't want your things. They don't want your house. They don't want your anything. They want your time. They want yeah. you to spend time with them. That's like the most important thing to them. And so I try to do that as much as possible. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe yeah, when I was go I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, um go ahead, your turn. Oh, I was no okay. I, I when I was working at Pleasant Grove, somebody gave me this book and it was called The Power of a Man. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like this uh this kinda I don't want to say alpha, because I feel like that word is kinda cringy and overused and whatnot, but I mean people know what it means. Some people actually know what it means, but um it was like this this it, it drew up this like John Wayne picture of men, you know, mm-hmm. where they're, where they're quiet and they're, they're just stoic and they're, um, they provide, you know, they provide and they provide like everything. Yeah. Like nobody, nobody's perfect, obviously, but they provide like their food for their family and their shelter for their family. They have a good job. They, they stand up tall and they're there for everybody to lean on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then, and then, they spend time, you know, they throw baseball, they throw the baseball with their son and they, they, they're there, you know, watch Netflix with their, their wife. If that's what they need, if that's what they want, they, whatever, you know, take them on dates and whatnot. And I was like, when I read that, I was like, that's how I want to be, you know, that's how I want to be. And it's easy to lose sight of stuff like that, but like, that's what I'm striving toward, you know? Right. Right. That's, uh, something i needed to hear i think yeah i mean every, everybody needs to hear it every once in a while yeah. you know i probably need to hear it more than everybody else you know like i'm guilty of like looking at my own interests too often you know looking at all other kinds of things you know looking at new car projects and this and that instead mm-hmm. of thinking hey how can i make my girlfriend happy to, this evening how can i make my kids happy this evening you yeah. know what's what's one thing that i can do to make them smile today yeah yeah, good point, man. And I'm not trying to be too Tony Robbins here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
drupa i've been thinking about um hang on i'm gonna pause for a second yeah right on pause away <laughs> no emergency nah <laughs> good oh yeah because you know things can go from zero to 60 and just like that. It oh my moment. gosh, I know. <laughs> it's been a long time since it has. Yeah. You know? But it can happen. Yeah, um, yeah. But we used to we used to have like a connection and we would connect with a lot of people in these in Leeds particularly at Lowe's. Um, yeah. as Christians. That mm -hmm. at the time that I'm, I don't know where you stand now, whatnot. Um, I was sincere at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I met more people that way just by by being being honest about, you know, the way I felt at the time. Right. Well, the first time I showed a little bit of Tony T to these people, uh, they they freak out and they, they're like, oh, my God, what the fuck? This What's this dude living some kind of double life? <laughs> you know, and then yeah. they never talk to me again. You know, so. They're lost, man. They're lost. Yeah. But I, I don't know, man. I, I just, that mentality. I've met so many different people with so many different views of God. And, yeah. And so many different, uh, some, you know, People were willing to share, you know. I thought that was interesting. If nothing else, you know, that's how I could connect with people. Yeah, right on. You were like when we were when we were working at Lowe's, like back then. When what was that? Was that two thousand three, two thousand four? Sounds right. Okay. Um, back then, like the main people that I that I spoke with, like you and like Kevin Jones. Mm -hmm. And, um, that period in my life was like probably between like 98 and 2005 was this huge, um, um, this huge time of growth for me mm -hmm. where, where I started to become more and more introspective mm -hmm. And talking to you was a big, like, really spurred that, really, like, kicked that into, into overdrive. Because, like, <clears throat> I used to be, like, when I, was, when I was younger, I was crazy selfish and I was crazy just stupid, man. I was such an idiot. Really? I, saw something on, I saw something on Facebook, like, day before yesterday. And, and it, somebody posted it said, if you could go back to your 18-year-old self and tell him three words, what would you tell him? And I would, the first thing I thought was like, you're an idiot <laughs> just because like, I, I know that I probably wouldn't listen to myself anyway, depending, no, no matter what I said. Uh -huh. But like, as I grew up, I would, I would probably realize, Hey, myself from the future told me I was an idiot. I need to <laughs> examine that to see what that means, you know, cause he obviously knows something, right. you know, but like, that was a big time of, of growth of like emotional and psychological growth for me just because I became more introspective and when something bad would happen in my life, I just started to look at me. I'd be like, 
what am I doing? Like, what, how am I messing this up? Yeah. You know, instead of like trying to blame everything else, you know, mm-hmm. I just be like, how am I messing this up? Where, how can I change to make this easier for myself? How can I be better for me? You know, so, yeah. cause that'll make me better for other people. Yeah. And, and you are one of the people who was like, my goodness. So like, I don't know, like just these conversations that we had that just really made me think, you know, and kind of turned me into a, uh, and I'm not a deep thinker, you know, I'm by far, I'm not Socrates. I'm not Aristotle, you know, I'm at best, you know, Joe dirt, but like, <laughs> but like it, it, it just made me think, you know, like conversations that we had, things that we talked about. Thank you.